Crypto never ceases to amaze with all the talk about Shiba just a week ago uh, and with it in the rearview mirror. If you kept your eyes open, you also noticed that the gaming sector started pumping like crazy. Uh, if you thought Shiba went on a run uh, just in the past few days uh, since the announcement of Meta by Facebook and their push into the metaverse, uh, you now have gaming and metaverse tokens pumping significantly. Uh, with projects like Arcona up 780% in a week, uh, Ice up 777% in a week, Polka City, something that I own, is actually up 400% in just the last seven days. So we'll get into this week's episode. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the transition in the FOMO from Shiba to gaming. Uh, also, some, we'll talk about some of my Bitcoin proxies that I have over in the stock market in a traditional equities market. Um, and then we'll also discuss Ave as there was a recent update there. This is the Good Samaritan Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Jackson. Let's get into episode 27. Welcome, welcome, welcome back for another episode of Good Samaritan Podcast. Uh, I, I'm sure you've recognized that the FOMO train is uh, choo-chooing or back on the tracks again. Uh, just a few days after the the Shiba pump, uh, we're already seeing the next uh, the next FOMO train calling everyone on the board to jump on the metaverse in the gaming sector. Uh, so I, I covered some of the top performing coins uh, over in the gaming sector or metaverse sector, uh, and they're obviously pretty astronomical and pretty astounding. Those are some little more lower cap coins, but even your your big blue chip coins in the sector like Decentraland, uh, token Mana is up 279% from a week ago. Sandbox is up 164% from a week ago. Um, UFO, which isn't quite as a blue chip, but it looks like it might be trying to be on its way, is up another 144%. I know that was a, uh, a big suggestion by Elio Trades. Uh, in a couple of his posts last week. So there might be some of the influential uh, pump there. Uh, so I, I, <laughs> I would hope you'd still recognize or listen to my most previous episode about FOMO. Uh, so you know what we do here. If you weren't already in a position uh, prior, uh, just wait for it to cool off a little bit. I am a big believer uh, in the gaming and metaverse uh, sector, but I, I also believe in my personal opinion that it is a long-term play. Uh, there are a lot of things that need to be built in that space uh, for it to be uh, what everyone's dreaming of it uh, to be. And that's for sure. I think if you've seen the movie Red or Ready Player One, uh, I think that's the, the ultimate dream of what the metaverse can eventually be <laughs> uh, down the road. Uh, I can, but I can assure you we're, we're, we're probably a good ways away from that. So there's a lot of uh, enthusiasm and optimism in the market. Uh, from my personal opinion, or at least what, what am I doing there from an executional aspect? I do own two gaming tokens, a very small allocation of my portfolio. Uh, one, I actually earn uh, rewards on every week, uh, which is in Polka City, um, because I actually own one of the virtual taxis there. I decided to buy a virtual taxi, which is, might have been nine months ago. Um, so I'm earning passive rewards in the form of Polka City token, which is, you know, obviously not pumped uh, 300%. So win-win uh, there. Um, so glad to have gotten into that metaverse. Definitely check out uh, Polka City. Um, 
some influencers aren't, aren't very high on it. Uh, I try to look at things from just an organic uh, or a, a fundamental level. I will say this of the projects that are uh, clamoring for your dollars. When you go online, you go to Polka City, they're actually posting videos of what their metaverse looks like uh, and showing sneak peek demos. So something is actually built uh, that they've been working on now for a while uh, and those things matter. What you'll find because of all of the FOMO that's happening, uh, there are a lot of new projects out there who don't have anything built or they're throwing things together at the last moment because there is so much money flowing into the space. Um, one of the strategies I'm trying to take here with the metaverse is I might make one big bet later on during the year. Like I said, I'll, I'll probably let it uh, cool off or I may not, depending on how the market feels out. Uh, what I will say is, is this is probably the top two priorities for me in the bear market because of the astronomical potential that crypto blockchain will have in the gaming sector and a great example of this is actually roblox if you guys don't know roblox actually was down for three days uh this this past week so there are a lot of uh, upset users there um and i guess the bigger point is is that roblox is what we would call in crypto a centralized uh entity the the um the there's a, a central point of ownership of the the platform and what blockchain and crypto is aiming to do is to have a decentralized uh, way to own games where the users actually own games and can own land in the games uh, opposed to there being a centralized company or entity that owns the home the whole uh the whole metaverse as we'll call it uh another before i get into roblox it has some great statistics there it's a key distinction to make as we think about Facebook. The great thing that I like about what Facebook is trying to do, uh, and I guess I call them Meta now, what Meta is trying to do is to is going to introduce millions of people uh, to the metaverse, which will de facto introduce people eventually to crypto and things of that nature and NFTs more specifically. Uh, but it will be centralized. All of the companies from uh, the 1990s and the 2000s and the 2010s. Their strategies have pretty much just included to own the technology or own the software and then charge people to use it or participate in it. Uh, and it's already started to create, you know, frictions with the government or with users or even between companies. Uh, just look at Apple and Epic Games, for example, uh, because Apple pretty much takes a share of every single app that's on the App Store. Um, and is fighting with Epic Games, which I believe makes Fortnite, uh, because Fortnite's, well, you know, my app is free, but Apple's like, well, no, you have to give us some of the share of your profits from the things you sell in the game. Uh, and that's where the uh, owner of Epic Games is like, nah, that don't make sense. So there's a, there's a battle there, uh, as well. Uh, but that's just a quick example of kind of what our, economy looks like from that perspective when it comes to uh, technology software, particularly around games, uh, because the companies pretty much, you know, make all of their money off of the technology itself and just charge you via either that's either monthly subscription to play it, uh, uh, you know, a fee to actually download the app, have access to the game, or then they create, you know, the the uh, in in game purchases is where they make money. So on Fortnite, you buy skins. Uh, I believe on when I used to play Madden so many years ago, 
online, like buying players and, and whatnot. Uh, even growing up, uh, World of Witchcraft had been selling, people were selling gold on there for, shoot, 20 years ago. Um, and that just kind of, to kind of wrap that, wrap those examples around for you. And the opportunity is one, a gamers, which I am, or, or used to be much more than I am now. Uh, but gamers already kind of live in the world that crypto is trying to go to. They just don't, they just don't quite understand uh, that they can actually have ownership in the games that they already know and love. But the actual, you know, facilitation of those games or the experience inside those games is already very similar to the way that crypto already operates. Buying what we call digital assets is already a concept that gamers already understand and particularly uh, the younger generation. So why is this such a huge uh, opportunity uh, is because young people are they they are playing video games much more than uh, any other generation that exists out there. The economy around gaming is going to be ginormous, uh, and that's what brings me to my example of Roblox uh, as we talk about gaming. So in Ro you know Roblox, if you haven't heard of it, uh, is pretty much a, a gaming platform. Uh, where it's focused on like user created games. So users can actually make games inside of Roblox. Um, and then other people can play the games. I believe they actually have a ranking of, you know, the different kinds of games that are inside of Roblox. Uh, but what the crazy part is, is really the stats of Roblox. Like Roblox has 43.2 million daily active users. They have 43 million people a day on their gaming platform playing their games uh or you know developing games and and people are making money inside of this uh this platform another big as i mentioned about young people being a, a big reason why this will be uh, significant is that 67 percent of roblox users are under the age of 16. Um, and then their monthly active users is around 202 million uh, users or people that are, you know, interacting on the Roblox platform and they've seen nothing but exponential growth uh, over the last few years since they launched. They launched in 2016, uh, where even in February 2016, they had nine plus million users. Uh, in around April 2021, as I mentioned, they had 202 million uh, users on Roblox. So it's a ginormous market that offers a lot of uh, opportunity when it comes to crypto gaming uh, and now you have people rushing to you know buy their horse uh, in crypto gaming and in the metaverse because there are already significant amount of people already operating kind of in this world already uh, via the centralized uh, gaming world uh, and it's only sh showing that it's going to continue to grow uh, at a significant pace. So how does that connect to crypto gaming uh, and ultimately um, why it will become a huge uh, potential investment for you? So I haven't done my episode on NFTs yet. I will do it. I've actually been a very, uh, uh, a big part of my days actually has been just participating in some of the communities I have online. It's a very huge space. People are making NFTs all over the place. Uh, but where you want to focus on there is particularly around the utility and what those uh, communities are building. 
Uh, so there are three of them that are currently my favorite. One is actually Space Punks. Uh, it's the first, or Space Punks. Space Punks Club, to be specific, because you have to be specific with these things. Um, one of my favorite NFT projects, uh, definitely go on OpenSea or go to their website, uh, spacepunksclub.com to check out. I, I own a number of NFTs there, but one of the things I'm most excited about uh, on that project, which is down the road on their roadmap, uh, is what they plan to do with Inside Sandbox. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on uh, what they expect their role to be in Sandbox in the metaverse. Uh, a newer project that's out that has not minted yet, uh, but I have been posting it on my Twitter uh, very uh, frequently because I'm very excited about that project. The community is awesome. I uh, pretty much talk to people in there in the Discord every day, uh, playing different games and different contests to get whitelisted. So I actually believe I did win a whitelist during a fight by game. So I'm excited to mint uh, those as well. Samurai 2088, uh, anime based. Uh, their website actually just launched today. It's Samurai 2088. Dot com definitely go check that out go look at their roadmap if you're an anime lover like i am uh, i think you'll be very well pleased and then there's a new project that actually also hasn't been yet it's called space walker uh, i'm definitely in the sci-fi and astronauts and space and things like that i really love the uh the uh <coughs> the uh project so far uh very new um still in a lot of phases of what they want to get done but the artwork is fire uh, and i really love the community been able to uh, build a couple of things with them uh, and hopefully we'll do a, a collab this week, hopefully, if they reach out. So I'd love to build something with them as well. But those are three some of the NFTs I'm looking into. But NFTs, uh, non-fungible tokens, uh, the big piece there and how those will connect to the metaverse uh, down the line are going to be key. Uh, because people will be able to own uh, pretty much you know, these digital assets that exist within games. Uh, if you know anything about music and what's been happening with Snoop, I believe Snoop Dogg's been like doing concerts inside the metaverse. Um, a lot of the ways that you get access to certain land plots in, in things like Sandbox, for example, is you have to own an NFT that's a part of that community. And eventually these NFTs will drive a, a lot of uh, value as people who want to get access to the NFTs to get access to certain content or maybe utility payouts like you might have seen with CyberKongs or even just to play in the game. You'll be, you know, NFTs will start to drive these huge communities uh, that people will be a part of that they'll interact in and participate uh, in the metaverse down the line. So there's like that's a whole nother uh, thing connected to crypto gaming. Uh, that will be huge. Uh, Gala Game is another great example. Is Gala Games is already fully operational. Uh, it's kind of it's, it's just like the uh, popular. Uh, they have a game on there called uh, Town Star, I believe. It's just like the other popular like farming game. Uh, but in Town Star, uh, you can actually buy NFTs, so you can own them to you know help you do things uh, in the game. Um, I believe they actually just launched their own like in-game token as well. So like all of these things are very fluid. They're very new um, and people are already participating on them. The, the key point to remember is, in my opinion, I still think it's very early because crypto is still early. NFTs are like, like I said before, the cutting edge part of crypto. And then people are only just now starting to understand the connections you can make between NFTs uh, in games or NFTs in art or NFTs in fashion. I think uh, fashion is probably still hasn't caught up. I need to actually go do some research there uh, on some uh, NFTs in regards to fashion and whatnot. So 
that's the biggest opportunity I really see coming from a gaming perspective, particularly around blockchain, particularly around uh, NFTs. As I watch the tokens now, and uh, here, a question in my mind and something that uh, all of us should probably want to consider researching is, you know, in the fungible token space where you're buying like Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, the tokens themselves are what uh, drive the value. Um, in gaming, the question is going to be because right now people are rushing to buy the tokens. Uh, but is it going to be the tokens per se that really become valuable uh, of the projects? Or is it going to be the actual NFTs in the game that become valuable? Um, and I think that still remains to be seen. I kind of leaning towards the NFTs themselves because they will be built around the user experiences. Uh, but right now, just because of the way things have gone in crypto the last 10, year, 10 years, you always try to get in on the token early and then... Uh, ride the value of the token. I'm not exactly sure that's what's going to happen with gaming. I actually think the NFTs might be uh, what drives the value uh, in gaming. So after all of that said, what can you do to help uh, get ahead in crypto gaming? You have to be willing to put in the time, the effort and the work. And what I say and what I mean by that is uh, I'm on Discord regularly. Uh, these days talking with people all over the world, uh, which is like the coolest part. Uh, people who have a lot of the same interests uh, based on the type of NFT projects that you believe in or that you think will be a great down the road. Uh, and then you just have to get in there and be in it. Uh, that's where you learn a lot about uh, what developers are building, what people's ideas are, and what they're playing to launch. Uh, Samurai 2088 is trying to change the whole game when it comes to anime it's going to be your first uh blockchain based anime series uh where people who own the nfts that have not minted yet so it's still early join the discord uh and holler at me i'm magic money so samurai magic money if you get into the discord and you know try to get whitelisted so you can mint uh mint yourself an nft uh, as these will be the cheapest prices that you'll be able to get them at um, but they're, you know, they're doing a blockchain based anime series um, that, you know, players will have the opportunity to impact the story um, based on how uh, engaged they are with the community, how much of the uh, and how many of the NFT characters that they happen to own. Like it's it's really game changing. So definitely check out their um, their website and read their roadmap and see if it's something you're interested in. Um, but I, you know, I'm a personal anime lover and people in anime, they get invested in these characters. They, the fandom in anime is very epic. They get very invested in those characters, uh, in the, to view it from this kind of a way, uh, with what Samurai 2088, uh, is proposing to do is will take anime to a whole nother level because now, uh, people, it, it would be, it'd be equivalent to, you know, owning the characters in Naruto, uh, if, if each character was a NFT, and based on how interactive you were in the community, uh, navigated the storyline and what characters, you know, performed and how they performed in the storyline. Like I said, just mind-blowing thing. People will actually be, you know, intertwined and communities will drive uh, the 
the, the communities will drive the projects themselves, you know, going forward. And then if that becomes something that seemed as very valuable over the net, you know, over the years to come, that's where all the value gets driven is into these NFTs because you will own pretty much own a piece of the uh, of the project and it'll be up to you if you want to sell, you know, or not down the road. So those are kind of the opportunities in blockchain gaming. Uh, I hope you like this segment. Uh, I'll take a little break here and then I'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about uh, my BTC proxies. So I will start with my Bitcoin proxies. So if you're just uncomfortable with uh, going to an exchange, trying to buy crypto, trying to hold crypto uh, in a hardware wallet or in a you know digital wallet, you're just you're over trying to learn that whole process. Uh, well, there is another option for you uh, in the traditional equities market through your retirement account through your Fidelity account or any brokerage firm that you might be out there with Vanguard or whoever. Um, there are a number of stocks that I like that are, you know, directly related to Bitcoin. Uh, I'll actually start with what it is that I own. So I actually own just just really just three, but I'm, I have heavy positions in them. Uh, I trade these on Fidelity with my uh, brokerage link account, my rollover uh, IRA as well. Uh, so I definitely know what I'm doing. Not not financial advice. Um, but if it's something you want to consider to start allocating some of your retirement to, uh, if you're in crypto and you have, you know, some of your nest egg built up and you want to allocate a certain percentage uh, to what you think crypto will grow, these are some great places to start. Uh, actually, and for me in particularly, uh, there are really two that I, I really like right now, which is where I have most of my money in. There obviously are the popular ones like uh, GBTC uh, by Galaxy Digital. Uh, there's also obviously also been the launch of BTC futures contracts, uh, ETF, um, though I personally would prefer a spot ETF, which has not been greenlit by the SEC. So you cannot buy something like that currently, uh, at least in the United States. Um, and so those are some of the, uh, more popular ones. Obviously GBTC, uh, isn't a direct ownership of Bitcoin, uh, and there's some more math involved. You have to check out their site. I did look into it briefly, but I thought maybe the spot ETF was coming. Um, and then outside of that, uh, the one I do own, I just think MicroStrategy is just a, a better place. So I actually got into MicroStrategy last year with Michael Saylor, uh, the CEO who's been doing tons of interviews uh, over the course of this bull market uh, because MicroStrategy started to purchase uh, large amounts of Bitcoin. Uh, their coffers are uh, up to 114,042 Bitcoins. They actually bought uh, 9,000 more Bitcoin over Q3 uh, alone. So their average price uh, per Bitcoin, I think, is around 33,000, if I'm not mistaken. There are not a lot of numbers flowing out there. I just don't know if that includes their uh, $9,000 number. On top of that, uh, Michael Saylor actually just did a interview this week, either at the end of last week or yesterday, um, where he said they will continue to buy Bitcoin uh, in the future as the buys come in, either using cash, either using debt or other equities. Uh, so they are huge Bitcoin bulls. Uh, they were one of the first uh, opportunities or one of the first stocks I actually purchased uh, utilizing money that I have in my retirement. Um, 
because that's how much uh, faith I have built in that. Uh, my micro strategy position, uh, which I'm going to add to, I actually just rolled over another retirement account on Friday uh, to my Fidelity account. Uh, so I do expect that money to hit this week. Uh, but my micro strategy position uh, is up 40%. Uh, if, as we, if we talk about my, if you listen to my episode uh, from a few days ago, I talked about channel uh, analysis. Uh, and if I go to my channel analysis, uh, and you look at micro strategy, in my opinion, uh, I believe that it's uh, woefully uh, undervalued. Uh, it almost appears uh, like Michael Strategy and Michael Saylor have been um, penalized for getting ahead of so many other companies uh, so soon. Remember, Michael's been Michael Strategy and Michael Saylor have been buying Bitcoin for uh, over a year now. It's in when they first started making their purchases, uh, people were starting to look at them like they were crazy, and that's when they had their first uh, really huge pump. I think they they got up their stock price got all the way up to. $1,310. It has since come all the way down uh, to a bottom of around $400 back in May. It's kind of been in this chopping uh, channel since then. Its current price is at $728 um, per share of MicroStrategy. Uh, when I look at my channel work, uh, just in the short term, uh, there's a potential for it to, to get, at least on this track that it's on, uh, at the top of this channel, they could be around, depending on the day, you know, thirteen seventy to fourteen hundred dollars, uh, which would be you know eighty five percent percent increase from where we are now. Um, but that's just future, uh, you know, speculation on what MicroStrategy's price can do. Uh, if for me, for my proxies, uh, particularly in this account, uh, this is money I don't plan on touching until. Obviously, I retire, which I have many years until then. But uh, that's why I'm okay with buying MicroStrategy. It's probably going to be uh, my number one play for a Bitcoin proxy, just because MicroStrategy is going to continue to buy Bitcoin and hodl Bitcoin. Uh, I suggest you to go look, listen to Michael Saylor. Uh, my personal opinion: I think it's a a long term investment uh, over. Over the many years, and if you're a believer in the Bitcoin price and what crypto will do in the future, uh, there will be a lot of shareholder, shareholders at MicroStrategy, including myself, uh, who will be very happy. Um, I personally do plan to make uh, some more buys there while it's still low. If it does, uh, and then I plan to just monitor it until uh, it gets to that uh, top of that channel that I mentioned, uh, and then I'm going to take profits. Um, to put in my cash coffers, as I mentioned about building my my cash uh, positions uh, as we come to the end of this bull run, uh, whether that's two months, three months, four months, or even six months longer. Um, but taking profits is always key. So I'll probably take out my initial investment, leave it in that account, uh, and just have that cash there ready on the side for uh, the impending drop. There's always a drop, whether that's crypto, stocks, or real estate. Um, and then when it comes, I'll be there to, to buy even more. So uh, that's the first Bitcoin proxy that I have uh, currently on the on my Fidelity account uh, from an equities perspective. The other uh, actually has been a much bigger boon. Um, shout out to Invest Answers. I'm a big follower of him on YouTube. 
Um, and he does a lot of data and analysis, so definitely go check him out if you can. Uh, but he put me, he pointed me in the direction of CleanSpark. Um, the other Bitcoin, and it is probably not as nowhere near as good of a Bitcoin proxy as say MicroStrategy because they actually own Bitcoin. Uh, but a company like CleanSpark actually mines Bitcoin. They're a miner here in the U.S. Um, and their upside has just been potential. So obviously they have a bills to pay. If you know about Bitcoin, it's a proof of work mechanism. Um, if you're still learning about Bitcoin, go check out my earlier episode uh, on Bitcoin where I talk about Bitcoin. Uh, but they're going to be mining Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is going up in price uh, and they're going to continue to be mining for Bitcoin and they're going to acquire Bitcoin uh, as you know, as the uh, price of Bitcoin continues to go up. I really believe in the value of the company uh, down down here in the future. Um, but I've made three purchases there. Uh, one of my large purchases is and this is guys, this is only over the last four to six weeks. Um I'm up 54% um, on one of my Clean Spark positions. Another, I am up 78% uh, on another one of my Clean Spark positions. And the third, I'm up 84%. So I didn't make all of these buys at the same time, but I will say the cheapest cost basis I got it at was $11.72. Uh, the most expensive I bought it at was at $13.97. And CleanSpark, and I'll go back to my channel analysis uh, on CleanSpark, uh, it is currently sitting at $21.55. Uh, so the, like, the most exciting part about this, and this is where my channel analysis, channel analysis has worked, um, but it was at the bottom of a channel. Um, Invest Sensors was talking about Clean Spark. He was doing, he, you know, he showed all his analysis just from my quick little channel analysis. I put it in the chart. I pull up the chart. I put it on there, and I was like, man, it's at the bottom of a channel, which is, I think, the lowest price on Clean Spark was if you go by the Wicks, ten thirty two. So I started buying at 11. Um, the top, if I were, if we were to get to the top of this channel, uh, it could go, you know, up 281% if you bought from the bottom uh, at 10.32 at the top of this channel. But even from the current price, um, depending on where it comes around, so I, I would say my target price is to start looking around 40 to 41 dollars. Uh, that's a hundred percent increase from current prices right now, or at least at twenty one fifty six. So I'm looking at forty one twenty three again. I'll probably just take out my initial investment and leave the rest in because uh, it's a long term uh, play for me anyway. Uh, over at least it when I, and then when I say long term, I say at least for the next year, two years, um, and then I'll kind of reassess it from there. Uh, but if I catch it, if I can catch a dip on Clean Spark, or if we're going to a bear market in uh, crypto in general, obviously these kind of stocks will get hit on the market as well. Um, but you want to have that cash on the side, as I mentioned before, and I'll just slide in and scoop some more up, especially uh, micro strategy. Which micro strategy, in my opinion, if you pull up the chart and trading view, uh, it's still hovering around, you know, close to the bottom. Uh, of that channel. It's not exactly on the bottom. It's another 10%. If it had a 10% correction, uh, it'd be at the bottom of that channel, like exactly. Uh, but the upside potential, in my opinion, 
uh, far outweighs it, which is why uh, as soon as that rollover money hits, uh, I will be putting all of it into MicroStrategy. Uh, so those are just a couple of my Bitcoin proxies. There are some more out there. I would encourage you to research miners. Um, some of the miners out there, they're a lot bigger than CleanSpark. They're just some of their stocks have already pumped. They're a lot more expensive um, already because people have, you know, have already uh, jumped on that train. And then continue to watch out for uh, ETFs that will hopefully, you know, get greenlit. They might not green, get greenlit this bull run. Uh, but I think it'll be hard just for the U.S. Uh, government, our country, just to ignore the growth of crypto, uh, especially now that America uh, has seen a huge shift in miners uh, coming to the country, particularly in the state of Texas, by the way, because um, we have a lot of excess energy from the, the wind farms that we have here uh, where Bitcoin will start to play more of a more of a play uh, to help, you know, monetize and help, you know, make more profitable uh, transactions with that energy by mining Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, those are pretty much my two Bitcoin proxies. They've done very well just in the last four weeks. Uh, I'm really excited because this this is just my retirement account uh, that I've started to do more with and trade more with. And I've, I've, <laughs> I've almost gotten half as much value uh, just by paying attention, by trying to, you know, work in the charts as I mentioned uh, than I did for 10 years working, just grinding and putting my money into a mutual fund or a um, or an index fund. Uh, now, that's not to say that mutual funds and index funds are bad. If you go to some of my earlier episodes, um, it's all about your level of risk tolerance and what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve. Uh, if you're very low tolerant on risk, you're not into risk investments, you don't want to put the work in, Continue to go out, buy the S&P 500, uh, and you'll make gains um, over a long period of time. Be a conservative way to invest. It's better to do that than to hold cash, that's for sure, um, and just go that route. If you're looking to do more uh, and you're looking for you know bigger gains, you want to really uh, make that life-changing money in a shorter amount of time, those opportunities are there. Uh, but again, you want you have to be willing to put in the time and be, you know, more uh, perceptive to FOMO and to dip depression and uh, really managing your money, your portfolio. Uh, if you're willing to do that, then there there are definitely much more uh, opportunities out there in the market for you to make a lot more money uh, than just putting in an index fund. That, but that's just all up, just all up to you. And then I'll close this episode with a little update on Ave, uh, as it's something that I own in my portfolio uh, and what has caused a slight concern. Okay, so I end today's show just with a quick update on Ave uh, because some news came out Friday that uh, Tron's Justin Sun actually just removed, I believe, $4.2 billion of uh, liquidity from the Ave protocol. Uh, a lot of people have been speculating. They think this is somehow related to the cream finance hack, uh, where I believe hackers were able to get $130 million uh, out of cream finance protocol by, um, by capitalizing on a vulnerability. Uh, and then this has led people to think that Ave has a similar vulnerability in their protocol, 
Um, but the uh, Justin's son decided not to wait. He uh, moved $4 billion of worth of liquidity out of the Ave protocol, um, which is hasn't been the greatest of news uh, as Ave has already been trading uh, near its uh, near the bottom of its trading channels. Actually, in a few more days, it uh, has no choice but to break this downtrend that it's on uh, or. Uh, drop out of the current channel it's in and start to form a, a new channel. So uh, I'm definitely watching Ave over the next few days. Uh, it's dropped 60% from its uh, previous uh, high, um, though I got into Ave over a year ago, so I'm still in a lot of profit in Ave, uh, but I I still have a lot of optimism where I think this, is, this uh, particular project can go. Uh, the future of DeFi and lending uh, Ave is one of the top blue chip projects there. Uh, it was, according to DeFi Pulse, uh, the number one for trade value locked. Um, but with such a huge uh, removal of funds from the protocol, it actually dropped to second uh, from the when you compare it in the the lending protocols on DeFi Pulse. So uh, it currently still has about twelve point one six billion dollars of total value locked in the protocol. Um, still very bullish on it. It, it's one of those uh, opportunities, as I've talked about FOMO, uh, that this is one of those opportunities where it's a project you want to look at buying. We actually bought some more last week or two weeks ago uh, because it is at the, at the bottom of a channel. What you'll notice is, is uh, when things are trading lower, when it's time to get in, as I mentioned, uh, you want to buy in the red, sell in the green. Uh, no one's talking about Ave uh, in any good light. No one's really talking about DeFi as of right now uh, because everything's on the gaming side. When the FOMO's going around in one category, that's when you want to fight that FOMO and look to another category that still has all the potential. It's just not, you know, at the forefront of everyone's mind. That's where the gains are. Uh, so I just wanted to give that update there. Uh, Ave is trading at $323. Uh, so the last purchase that uh, we made was actually around $290. It did have a huge wick, and I don't know what exchange that was on, up to $460 on October 27th. Um, but even just that little bit that we bought, uh, our average cost basis uh, on Ave currently sits at, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, $166. So uh, we still pretty much doubled our investment there from where we were, but I am uh, keeping my eye on it. I am still very optimistic because uh, if it can go up another, uh, if it can go up another 100%, we'll be, I'll be feel, feel, feeling pretty good uh, and we'll start to take profits, as I mentioned before, as we get into uh, the waning hours of this bull run. Uh, but that's today's episode. Um, as I've always said before, no matter where you are in your financial journey, always take the time to be a good Samaritan. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Jackson. Uh, definitely check me out on Twitter. Uh, I'm just at Jason Jackson. Uh, if you see me in Discord, you'll know me by Magic Money. Um, and there as well, if you're on NBA Top Shot and Moss 